You're listening to the Plain Label Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Plain Label Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Williams. In this episode, we continue our look at writer, director, filmmaker, Bong Joon-ho. In this episode, we are discussing the films, The Host and Mother. Here to discuss the films with me is returning guest, a man who would never say no to a rice cake, Mr. Ben Teed. Hey, good evening. And that is, of course, in reference to our second film and the poor woman in that movie before getting into, no. <laughs> that's right before getting into our discussion i should mention that we are still proud members of the deliberate noise network search deliberate noise in your podcast app for more great shows from the network mr teed now that your child is put away for the evening what is it that you are drinking i finally cracked open another one i looked forward to it all weekend to finally sit down and have Lagunitas, a little something, something else. Oh man, I love that you're. This is like my tried and true, and I, I'm very happy that you are taking over the reins. Weird. I, I, I get. I, cra- I the older I get, I crave beer. I crave it. <laughs> I go. Mm, I can't wait for Saturday night or Sunday uh-huh. night or whatever to just have one because I'm not mm-hmm. gonna have it on a, on a weeknight. That's mm-hmm. that's a school night, man. But like, <laughs> but like, I I like get to a point where like mm, that sounds good. Like it's weird. I never used to have that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you're, you're just getting old and you're starting to decay and you want to, uh, you know, you want a beer. don't I know it. I just... <laughs> you're feeling it. You're like, you don't yes. have to tell me. I know this. <laughs> I, I reached for the beer and five, my back broke in five places. Ooh, now that I can definitely sympathize with. You're telling me it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, indeed it does. Uh, so I am having, uh, because we are in February, so as of recording, so I am back on the uh, back on the drinking. Uh, nice. Last time we were, we talked, I was not drinking, no. um, and so I am on tonight. A uh, it's a vodka water, but I it the water is a uh, it's like a mango orange water, uh, and it is very very bright yellow. And I picked that because I felt like of all of the combinations of things that I could concoct this would be the most closely associated with something that they might sell in the little shop from the host yes and i was like okay it's something that's very very bright and uh attention grabbing so that's what i'm going to go with so yeah it's a little vodka water but it's vodka vodka and uh just a little ice uh flavored water and uh, only nine uh, legs on your squid because <laughs> right. I, I, I ate that 10. <laughs> and you, yeah, one. you got it stuck in your pocket still in case anyone wants to yeah. nab it from you. So, all right, there's a little uh, there's a little host humor for you. Let's go Yum. ahead and uh, kick off our discussion in 20 oh, in 2006. So weird for me to say not 2020 or not 2021, 2006 with the host. Mr. Kim, formaldehyde, dirty formaldehyde. Pour him into the sink.
daughter's still alive. Why didn't you contact the police or the military, a human rights organization, something? IMDb plot synopsis is quite short and it goes like this. An American military base releases toxic chemicals in the drain to the Han River under the direct order of an arrogant coroner. Six years later, a mutant squid leaves the water and attacks people on the side of the river. <laughs> very, very uh, like the first 10 minutes. So it, it did that. It did that in the review this time. Oh my gosh. Um, so yes, if people have not seen that movie, uh, that is the first 10 minutes. <laughs> and then there's a whole other oh my two gosh, hours yeah. left. <laughs> so uh, 2006, The Host, Mr. Teed. Tell me about your uh, your history with this film. I've seen it way back in the day. I don't remember exactly when, but it was definitely the aughts. And I remember the first time watching it, feeling like I should be um, prepared for a much gorier, like nastier film because i'm thinking like oh i'm watching international horror this is gonna be mm-hmm. like all the all the all the gloves are all, you know you're gonna you're gonna really like show some blood and stuff like that and then was kind of astounded by how like how much it wasn't that mm-hmm. but also i remember walking away that first time watching it not understanding really what i saw like what how, how what so and so i had a bunch of questions but having kind of watched it probably this is probably my fifth time watching it Mm. i just i i look at it in a different light i look at it with maybe a little bit more education about what i know about uh korea and Mm. about what this movie means culturally what uh monster movies mean Mm -hmm. uh and then just have an an appreciation for uh this film we'll get kind of get into the the reasons why but just having such an appreciation for just the the cojones to do a, a monster film in this way mm-hmm. um, is so exciting. And so I come away with it, just loving it this time. I, I like just, um, just know that, uh, that I just like savored it this time, having mm. to, having to like, Oh, tonight is host night. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy putting this <laughs> on and, and really it's like an old record or something like that. You know, uh-huh. I'm going to really, really enjoy this as we, as we explore it again. Mm-hmm. So this was the first time that I'd seen this movie. Oh, I got it wrong. <laughs> uh, and, and so I had, it is, it was one of those where when I, cause I was out of college by the time this came out. And so I was in my, Oh, like everything has to have some sort of like heartbreaking moment and, but it can't be manipulative, but it has to be, perfect cgi but it can't be too like overwhelming i was very like snooty uh, even more than i am currently and (laughs) (laughs) and my um and so i remember when this came out and of course i you know that i know the the knew the poster of it just being a big tentacle and a girl being swung around it looks like and in a big city in the background and i was like i don't know that that's 
going to be for me because my impression of it was that it was going to be in quotes, just a monster movie. And so I was like, I don't know. Like I, I am assuming it's going to be fine. I'm assuming that's going to be well done. Uh, but I, I also made the mistake at the time by not seeing it of assuming that it was going to be just like a Korean version of a Hollywood blockbuster. Wow. And so watching it for this, I was very pleasantly surprised in that it was, it was a, it was a Korean version of a Hollywood blockbuster in that, you know, you've got the big monster and everything, but it was very much like, we're going to break a ton of rules, a ton of quote unquote rules uh, that Hollywood does. And we're just going to tell our own tale. And for the most part, uh, the movie was really, really successful for me. There was a couple of times where it felt a little, I felt a little heavy and I felt the, the runtime a little bit um, with like specifically some of the callbacks to the little girl. I was like, okay, can we, can we speed this up a little bit um, to where that was dragging just slightly for me, but the overall impression especially towards the end, I was like, holy shit. Like, why am I feeling this emotion now that this thing's happening? And now why am I feeling this when at this ending piece and, and that sort of thing. So I really, uh, I really did enjoy it. And the first thing I kind of want to talk about is I love the idea that Bong Joon-ho decided to work with most of a cast that he had already had experience with. Yes. Uh, so he's got Kang Ho Song from Memories of Murder. Uh, he's got Duna Bay again. Uh, he's got all of these people that he's already worked with. And in the little trivia in the interviews, it said that he did this so that way he didn't have to worry as much about what the actors were doing because he could just trust them and he could focus more on the sort of technological side and the how are we going to pull off the monster? You know, what are we going to do with the the allegory is this an anti-american movie or not that kind of stuff right Definitely. so he, yeah. he could focus on those aspects instead of oh boy my my you know central character is not taking to direction easily and now i have to babysit him or her or whatever so i didn't have to do that and what i think is interesting about that is from barking dogs never bite we had this sort of like light comedy but with really disturbing elements and then we went to a serious procedural type of a film and then here we go to a monster movie that has serious and disturbing but also light moments and also like class discussion and also like um i i I mean we'll get into this later but i love the idea that the the virus is a fake is a storyline Oh my gosh, um, that we right? have in here and i was like holy shit like with all this mask discussion that was going on in the movie in 2006 mm-hmm. and i was like whoa well then yeah. i didn't expect this yeah and um so we go from that and then we move into the film three years from now uh mother where that is again more of a procedural type of a film so i just like that to see this little pattern that he's got of i'm gonna do one that's a little bit all over the place in terms of tone. And then I'm going to w- do w- one that's a lot more serious. And I just think that that's a, that's interesting. It's almost like a Soderbergh, like one for them, one for me kind of a thing. Totally. So, um, yeah, no, I just, just coming through with, with how prescient, like you said, mm-hmm. it is today. And it like that, that really kind of made me kind of sit up. This is the first time I'm seeing this film since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. 
this is the first time I'm seeing this film since being a parent. Um, and just like, it just hit me a lot harder in a lot of different ways. And also I can just appreciate how much um, just seeing like the monster while the graphics, the computer graphics have definitely gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really have to just high five Bong Joon-ho for doing all of this CG out in the open in the, in the, in the daytime. Yes. Okay. Yes. So um, that's, that's the main rule that he breaks, right? Because it's, he really, it, yeah, it's like in any sort of Cloverfield, Godzilla, Kong, like any kind it. of a monster Kaiju movies, right? You right, have yeah. to hide it at the beginning. No, man. <laughs> and he's no, like, not in this one. He's and the like, thing is, all that. I'm just... I think, I think that's why it kind of disturbed me. And I was just ready for it to become just extra, extra violent mm-hmm. is because that first shot of that dang thing, besides it hanging there on the bridge uh-huh. and everyone like pointing at it or, or people throwing garbage into the sea, uh, trying to get it to, to eat it, I guess, oh, to eat, eat the another beer can or whatever. Um, the next time you see it as a, as a full is out of focus, <laughs> yeah. coming, coming into focus as a background. Yeah, which is disturbing straight as hell. for and it's like almost silent uh-huh. and silent as in like, like the 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 audio in the film isn't apparent that a monster is coming. And then you start hearing the thump, 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 thump of the monster running right for, towards you getting louder and louder. Mm-hmm. It's like contextual to uh, it's like directional almost mm-hmm. in terms of of how close this thing things getting to you. Um but man, what a great what a great introduction! Um, like I said, the graphics don't really hold up uh, terribly well, mm-hmm. but still uh, very enjoyable. And and you know, I, I here's the thing: I'm not a person who uh, me and Will Piper uh, talk about this uh, a lot, and and Zach too. I, I suppose we get this way about some. There's some people who need a film to be just no uh mistakes no blemishes no whatever's you know to to really it needs to look perfect it needs to be this thing and when it comes to when it comes to watching like a trip to the moon and you see the little strings as they make their the wizards make their trip to see you know the 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 planet or you see like the makeup on the creature or something like that like i I can forgive that i can forgive Mm. it because i love being able i'm a person who loves process and loves to see human fingerprints on on a project i want to know that humans made this when something is too perfect or too uh uncanny or too um symmetrical mm-hmm. uh it feels non-organic it feels non there's no life to it at that point oh it just feels all placed like it's yeah, placed and it, staged to you i guess that's kind of why i and but that can be a good thing too i it's not one of the biggest reasons why i enjoy watching kubrick is because it all does seem placed and it all does seem staged, but it's staged in such a way with Kubrick that it's all very like elaborate and like skillful in terms of its perfection. Whereas like if, if that monster, if you could, if you, I don't know if, if they, if these, it, it just, it does seem cheesy that they're like turning and reacting to a monster at some points. And you just kind of feel a little bit like, like the early Lord of the Rings stuff or, uh-huh. You know, I know what I think what yeah, did the did the did CGI. Some of this, yeah. And so it does feel very like the, the actors are 
are reacting to a cave troll from the first Lord <laughs> or of the Rings, like which would have been around the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever it was in the the first movie that's like in the water that comes flying out. Oh my gosh! Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds yeah, me of perfect. that. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So that stuff doesn't look bad, mm-hmm. but it doesn't it doesn't age like super well to where oh my gosh, this is done today. It looks so good. Like the, the we've gotten obviously better visuals these days, but to the same point of they need to be reacting to something. And I feel like when real light hits real figures, mm-hmm. um, that makes a lot of difference. And and we've talked about all this stuff before, I feel like on, on other past shows, but. Well, I, that, I that's like... really interesting because like, I feel like there could be, there's like a whole podcast that's just discussing what, what about this makes it work for you and not work for me or vice versa. Because like mm-hmm. you were talking about the, being intentional with placement, like that's a Wes Anderson staple. And for me, Oh yeah. Yeah. That, good that point. feels so twee and so like put upon that it just pulls me out immediately. And I just don't like, like, I just, whatever it is, for whatever reason, I just don't like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I, but I see, I can understand that. Uh-huh. I, 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 but at the same time, it's hard for me, not, it's hard for me to not like look at a, at someone built this and someone created this. And it looks like you said, so twee and so amazing. Yeah. And I think it just comes down to just personal taste. Yeah. Because then like, if, it, if it's a Kubrick thing, I don't have that same issue. And I don't yeah, know, what, I, don't I, know what, I, I guess yeah, I don't, I don't know. know what it is that makes me feel the difference. And it's the same sort of thing. Like when you're talking about things that look perfect, like I can watch, uh, let's see, like Jurassic park. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. That's in the early nineties that still looks great, but I don't think about like, oh, look how great it looks while I'm watching it. You know, I'm, I'm just yeah. sort of, I'm just sort of like in the story as opposed to anything else around the time. Even if it has good CGI, I'll, I'll notice like, oh, look how good the CGI looks. And I don't know. It's just sort of like a intangible thing that I can't um, wrap my sort of brain around. As I to think why you're right. Work. I think there's something, there's something to that. Man, and they had animatronics and stuff like that too. <laughs> that kind of added to it. I'm telling you, man, like real light hitting stuff does a lot. Like, um, even the ability, like we just owe so much to the wizards that were working with Spielberg on that because you oh man, there's just stuff that was done in that movie that um <sighs> that's probably still being done today. Yeah, probably. Know? But but a lot of it, a lot of it needs to keep you need to keep some element of real in it rather than just like, I don't know, just acting to a green screen or something. I wonder, I wonder what it is. I wonder, I wonder how much of that is green screen or whatever. I'd, I'd be interested in, in knowing that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, in terms of like the monster itself to the design, I've seen this movie five, four or five times now. I still can't understand it. I still can't understand like the mouth and <laughs> right. like, the way it works yeah. and stuff. But I think that's kind of a good thing. In uh-huh. fact, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if, if, um, if like it, it, it changed from scene to scene, you know, it's like an, almost like an ever evolving thing, like the garbage and the more, the worst things get in the lives of these people. It's also an ever evolving monster, like mm. like kind of like in the pandemic, you know, like the, the pandemic is a very real monster that's haunting us all. But at the same time, as time goes on and and problems get worse, the monster has evolved. It's evolved and it ebbs and it flows and it comes back. And just when you think it's gone, it comes back to kill us and stuff like that. Like, I'm, I'm just interested in like just the design of 
of this thing from from the standpoint of just its mouth and like oh yeah there's several mouths right it's like yeah it's like a big a bunch of folds and i don't know like even like the way because obviously the tail works the way that it does mm-hmm. but like you look at it from shot to shot and it looks like from one from one end it's got like a minnow type of thing and then you can stare up close i'm looking at an image of it right now like this it's like swallowing a, a, a whole you can see like the feet coming out of the mouth mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that it's like black skin and then it's gray skin and then it's got well do you think that some of that has to do with i mean let's pretend like budget and time didn't have anything to do with it but do you think that some of that is because we're seeing it from the point of view of the people on like the ground level that are just these normal people like we're not getting swooping crane shots and like establishing shots when they finally reveal the creature in like a godzilla sort of a way or like a you know, like a Lord of the Rings kind of a way to where this is like, it's these people who are running around and just kind of getting glimpses of it or hiding from it. And so they don't get like a full sort of hero shot of it. And so, um, you, and so you're yeah. not really sure kind of what it looks like. That's that. I, I, I believe both can be true. I believe <laughs> that, I believe that you, we could, it could be just like, Oh, well, we're because of the viewpoint we're seeing it from, which is really kind of the families. Uh-huh. Um, and just the people on the ground and the little girl but then also um, it could just be this like such a mutant of a thing that it just the shape doesn't really stay one thing for so long which is also kind of interesting because I, like I said it I feel like that that um, is very uh, uh, mirroring of of like what the monster represents mm-hmm. and even um Oh, what was I going to say? Like, even the whole thing about, uh, like the, okay. So like, I, I, I don't really mind admitting this, but I, I think I have this irrational fear of like Kaiju and like, and like monsters this size. Okay. And I think like seeing something like Godzilla, who's as tall as a skyscraper or King Kong who can scale a skyscraper or something like that. That's upsetting. Yeah. That's crazy. That would, <laughs> that would freak me out. Yes. But I think I am way less um, afraid of like the Cloverfield monster or Godzilla or something like that, and probably way more afraid of something the ho- that is the host size because mm. of how much small it's 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 like it's almost like you could fit probably ten to fifteen people inside, mm-hmm. whereas like Godzilla you, you could fit thousands of people inside. Uh-huh. You know, to me, it's it the just the size of it, and like the fact that it's tiger-like and it's jumping around and fish-like, and it has all these like, and it's that small. It's like we are definitely the rabbits to this thing's like tiger, right? You know, in terms of like this, in terms of size comparison. Whereas like we're we're Godzilla, we might as well be ants. You mm-hmm. know, who care? He, he doesn't give a crap. Like, you know, I mean, you know, he could just care less as he causes destruction. You know, that that I think that's why it's a little bit more upsetting to me. If 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 they made like a shot of this thing coming out of the fog, I would have jumped like for <laughs> sure. Like well, that type of thing where you can't quite see it, or it's like underneath the water. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe a shot of them like hanging out on a boat, and then all of a sudden this thing comes up. I it would be I'd be oh. I was like expecting that. I still to this day when I watch it expect something like that just because yeah. of how unsettling the size of this thing is. Yeah, it is disturbing because it's not so big that it's like completely unrealistic because it's not like the size of like an elephant or something. 
Like it's, it would be like around that size, I guess. It's cl- yeah, it's close to it. Uh huh. And so you're you're like, oh, my brain yeah. can wrap around like something being this big. And what if it was like really aggressive and quick and after me? That I would guess really it would make, be terrible. It would make sense. It would make sense for it to be the size that it is in yeah. terms of what how much it has to eat and whatnot. Like well, you and that's about- that's the other thing that was disturbing to me is you're not you're not always sure like what like what it's doing. <laughs> like what it's yeah like where its oh. loyalties are or whatever it was like it was like it kept the little girl mm-hmm. but like didn't eat her maybe it was saving her maybe she's just really good at thwarting it it was never quite clear but i kind of love that i kind of love that i kind of love how unclear it was yeah yeah that's that's some of the charm that uh that came to the to, that came through in this viewing of it for me was that first of all i i really liked i really sort of shine to the the sort of uh tone shifts that are in this uh, because we have that opening moment and you're like, oh, it's going to be a monster movie. But we already had the the little piece that we had mentioned with um, stealing the the squid leg and, and hiding it and, and, you know, taking it from a customer and like all of these little bits of business from uh, from Song Kang Ho's character, who is uh, he's got some sort of like mental issue to where he falls asleep was one of the explanations. Um, and, and so that's why he's sleeping at the beginning, because you think that he's just kind of like a piece of shit that's just sleeping while he's yeah his job. But then at one point his dad's like, no, it's because I didn't feed him enough protein. That's why you guys are the, the way that you are. And it was like a little comedic moment because Duna Bay can't make decisions quick enough. That's why she got the bronze in the Olympics instead of the gold. And then the brother is kind of the drunk. And at one point he said, uh, on the news when they were talking about this group that's on the run because the the main uh the father figure is uh infected the king ho song character who's yeah. got blonde hair and looks nothing like he did in uh memories from of a murder and oh wow like, yeah and i was like holy shit like he looks so young in this even though this is later um but totally. anyway he, and so he uh, the brother character that's the drunk the uncle i guess to the to the daughter uh, he says, uh, well, how come there's nothing about me? And then the Duna Bay character that's the Olympian says, well, there's nothing special about you. And I'm oh, like, Jesus Christ, dang. <laughs> like dang, sibling rivalry. And then, of course, you know that that's going to, to come up later because we have, uh, you know, obviously this is spoilers, but we have towards the end of the film, we have the daughter character who doesn't make it. And she saves this little boy, but the daughter doesn't make it. She's dead. And then you get the family that has to sort of rise up. And by then it's just the three siblings left and the, the three siblings. And we have the one worthless brother that's doing the, the cocktail and pours and gets gasoline all over the, the creature with the aid of a homeless man. And then we've got Duna Bay who then has time to shoot the creature with the flaming arrow. And then it seems like the creature's getting away. And then this, this is where you're kind of conflicted emotionally because you sort of do want the creature to die because it is it is harming people yeah but then it is also just trying to live and totally. so it's trying to just jump into the river you know and it, it didn't ask to be the whatever come. whatever fish or creature it came yeah. up, it came from it's not its fault that it right it yeah it didn't ask and... to become the thing that it is right yeah same uh, with godzilla same with everything else. exactly and so then you have the godzilla moment where basically the the king the Song Kang Ho character has to like put a bit, put it out of its misery, basically, to where he 
our our main character kills him in the end but but it's uh i mean that was such a surprising but inevitable but heartfelt like i i didn't know what i was feeling when i was watching those those pieces because you're glad because it's these average people i mean it is these average people but one of them is an olympian so you're like well like how average are they but um you are glad for them to be able to like rise together and actually like make something of themselves and do this thing and yes and achieve and but then again you're also like well fuck this is i mean this sucks for this this creature that just was created somehow because because of uh herschel from the walking dead telling him to dump all the formaldehyde at the beginning of the movie was that herschel i yeah. see i i, didn't, I never I've, I've never watched past the uh the pilot mm-hmm. um that's that's cool that was herschel yeah the uh the other american actor i recognized was the doctor giving the lobotomy oh yeah, the uh, guy with paul laser with the he's got the lazy eye he's got the lazy eye he is one of the uh scientists that hits on agent starling in, <laughs> yes. uh, in silence of the lamps i love that scene and yeah, i like he him asks in her it. out right yeah and yeah. of course she's just like haha but i but i get the sense okay this is talking about silence of the lamps for yeah. a second i get the sense they they know about her and, oh, her, yeah. prefer- and her preference they just like teasing her about it oh sure because they're all smarties and so she's just buddy she they're just all being buddy buddy with her yeah more than they're hitting on her anyways i just love that yeah i do i like love that. her walking in. i love agent starling walking into an elevator with like people that are twice her size mm-hmm. and her just standing there like yeah what like, it's just a it's just one of those classic sort of uh perspective just a, a tiny little thing just a choice oh. to have very tall actors next to jodie foster so good and they're all very similar but <laughs> yeah but yeah sorry. so so getting back to the host the other one of the other things that i really liked is so we had like i mentioned we had those heartfelt moments we had those like uh sort of politicized moments with the whole mask stuff and then we have some slapstick in here like there's a van scene and the security guy is kind of chasing them uh that's very slapsticky and the the family has a really engaging sort of dynamic and we just have a lot of sort of shifts because they're, you know, they're searching for the daughter who is taken by the monster and the three of or the four of them, because there's the, the father, the old character uh, who was also in memories of a murder. Um, and he, the four of them are like in the dark and they've got guns and they think that they see something and they shoot and it's just nothing. Right. And there's water coming down and they think it's either blood or slime or whatever. Yeah. And then they, um, they're shooting in the dark. And then they ask uh, Duna Bay's character if she peed herself, and she says, "Well, a little." <laughs> so Who it's just, wouldn't? It's just stuff like that to where it's not taking itself too seriously. Uh, one of the other pieces that I really liked was this was the uh, at the time it was the second most successful South Korean movie of all time. Uh, wow, to, yeah. to where it's got a, a statue of the creature at the actual Han River. Uh, that's oh, that's supposedly right. Still yeah. There. No, yeah. I, that's a, that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing what is this thing? This thing doesn't look like doesn't look like uh, the way it did in the movie. It mm-hmm. looks like a, like they had like a um, maquette or something on stage. So they get the lighting right or something. It's like something Weta built maybe. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, yeah, I guess it could be like a statue to commemorate the film. Which man. You imagine america getting one anyways i don't know 
<laughs> That's just crazy. Yeah. It would be like having like Captain America or Iron Man. It would Man. be. Yeah. It's something that you see in the comics, but you don't actually ever see in real life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that the moment that I was kind of like, you know, going along with it, I'm liking it fine. And I think that it, you know, it's, it's making me chuckle or whatever. Uh, until we get to the moment where it's the, it's the four people that are trying to find the daughter and we get Duna Bay's character can't shoot in time and she gets knocked <laughs> over and the two brothers have guns and the father says that he's going to take out this creature finally. And uh, with so his I'm, like rifle or something, right with right. his shotgun or rifle or whatever it is. And he's like, but I'm out of bullets. And so uh, Song Kang Ho's character is like, oh, I've got I've got one left. And so he gives him the gun and then the two brothers run off to where their dad's going to like, you know, save the day for them. And he goes and he's point blank range and he's going to shoot. And Song Kang Ho's character miscounted and he doesn't have any bullets left. (sighs) And I thought that was so sad because then he, you know, then he's trying to he's trying to um, like he gets knocked over and you're thinking, oh, okay, well, he's just going to be hurt. Well, then it picks it up by its tail and like bashes his head on the concrete. And I'm yeah, like, Jesus really Christ. <laughs> it, I knew at that moment that they weren't going to be like when I, when I, when you discover that the daughter is still alive, you think, oh, is it saving it or is it, mm-hmm. is it, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And then by the time that the monster kills the father, it's like, okay, well now this thing has to go. Cause yeah, that, that is the moment where you're like, well, this thing does have to die because it is it is not just protecting itself like it is dangerous. Right. Um, but yeah, so we we have uh, I wrote here in my my notes. I I laughed about the, the mask stuff and I love the coughing guy that he's coughing. And so then he has to take his mask off to, so he can cough further oh of course <laughs> like, In, oh. into the street into the street where he spits <laughs> I'm like this is nothing like being precedent for 14 that's years a, so that's a great like mini uh like a mini movie mm-hmm. like, a, like a short that he does um that i think i think bong joon ho does a really good job of creating in all of his work mm-hmm. uh, even even in his shorts like he loves the idea of even um like recreating what seems like realistic footage of, of some event happening. That was one of his uh, based off of watching security cameras. He'll like create a story around watching that in modern, uh, modern urban society. Mm -hmm. Well, when we get another one of those little things where um, Parquet Ill's character is uh, he's trying to hack into the system to figure out where the daughter is. Yeah. This, This is the worthless brother. And he uh, he's like meeting with a uh, someone that's sort of helping him out. And it's like the two of them in this closed off workspace or whatever. And they're trying to figure out the password. And he's like, oh, that's not it. OK, let me go to the office and figure out figure out what it is. And, he, and this worker goes into this office and it's full of all of the other employees that are there. And they're and they start talking about like tax exemptions for a reward and all this sort of stuff and i was like god that is really really clever like that's really funny yeah to where they're uh they're like oh yeah we're going to capture this guy because the song kang ho character is supposedly infected with this virus and so there's a you know there's a basically a bounty out for this family 
uh, and they're wanting to get him. So he, you know, according to the news, so he doesn't infect everybody else because he's got this deadly virus that he contracted from this monster or whatever. Um, because I, I, I guess I can't remember if they make the monster uh, that it's a thing. Is that a part of the news or is it just the virus? It's like covering for the monster. I don't know. Oh, you know what? That's a good question. I, I, that was I was never quite clear on that. Yeah. Um. I just know that I all I could all I could glean from what I was seeing from a lot of the newscasts and a lot of the people out there that they were wanting to, um, to say that all of this was a hoax. <laughs> and the thing is, I think a lot of that comes from, um, the uh the sinking of a, uh, a ferry uh happening in the early two thousands. I want to say it was like two thousand two or something. Or two, well, hold on. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Well, I do know that the beginning of this movie was based on uh, something that really did happen, like so, like the like the uh, formaldehyde. The formaldehyde, yeah, that going was into thing. the into the sea and people getting real pissed about it. Yeah, and so the trivia was like, well, there hasn't been a creature yet, um, but they but they did have an American uh, doctor instruct this Korean assistant to dump tons of formaldehyde into the river i thought this was based off of a different story but apparently mm. not i have this little passage here from the films of bong joon ho by nam lee if you don't mind mm-hmm. six years after its release the film was summoned back to public discourse in the aftermath of the worst ferry disaster in history on the morning of april 16th 2014 the ferry seawall capsized and sank off of korea's south coast killing 304 people the victims were mostly high school students on their way to Sheju Island for a school excursion. The nation watched the seawall sink in real time on live TV broadcasts as government rescue oh, wow. efforts failed to arrive in time to save the passengers. Most viewers identified with the horror and the students' par- students' parents must have felt, and they watched helplessly, unable to save their children. President Park Gwen Hay was uh, conspicuously absent while the boat was sinking. And it was revealed later that poor oversight by the regulatory bodies had contributed to the disaster and the government was accused of a cover-up. Mm. Um, yeah. And then there's just like a lot of like um, further investigation went wrong. You know, the, the government began to accuse protesting families of politicizing the event, going so far as to label North Korean sympathizers bent on disrupting the nation and stuff like that. Like tons of, just you know normal things that we see that are normal today that are just aren't normal i mean just they're they're just part of like oh well even something like like the uh something like the pandemic or something like this ferry accident could get oh well this is fake this is the government trying to clear this up oh this is a american created you know device Mm -hmm. or something like Mm -hmm. a lot of that type of thing that that gets uh messy in this time of trying to stop this thing and mm-hmm. stop this thing from getting any worse and and whatnot. Meanwhile, you're just seeing it from the eye level of this family, who most of the time it's just downright hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't understand uh like half the Korean jokes in this. Oh, um, and yeah. probably still don't, and probably mm-hmm. still don't. I'm not claiming to really fully understand really the the in jokes that come from just the culture of being in South Korea. But um one of the things that wasn't clear to me or why they were doing this was once the girl was taken hours later someone put a picture of her up on a wall or up on a table along with a bunch of other people that were killed that day so that all everyone could openly weep 
mm-hmm. publicly. Mm-hmm. And I did not understand that culture part of it or what that meant. Apparently that's actually a real thing. And I didn't, I didn't know that that, that, that could be done really anywhere in the world. Uh, but that's just something. And so to see all of them this time and understanding that part, the funny part is just seeing them all like fall over each other, just like agonizing over their wrongdoings and how, oh, I was stupid or, oh, I was asleep or, oh, I wasn't mm. good enough or, oh, you know, why didn't I win the silver? And they all well, cry and fall <laughs> That was what I was going to talk about. It was she comes in and she just like Duna Bay can really is is very uh, willing to look unflattering when she's uh, yes. like broken down emotionally. And so she comes in just eyes completely like Miyazaki full of tears, sort of tears, right? Just like just ready to burst sort of looking from her eyes and she's got the bronze. And then of course, right away, there's comments about, well, she should have had the gold or she should have had a silver, but it's because of this. And you're like, right now is the time that you're going to criticize like that. She didn't get the freaking silver or the gold when you're at this, like, uh, you know, several people wake or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. but yeah, that was just like a, a, a nice little bit of, we're going to show something that is heavy and emotional, but we're also going to add some humanity to it because we're going to, we're going to allow these uh, siblings to still pick at each other. That's hilarious. Yeah. That was, that was really fun. Um, Yeah. All of the, the medical experiment stuff, like I really liked all of that. We got a lot of the sort of um, what is really happening is the U S behind this kind of stuff where it's like he's trying to get out of this medical facility and it turns out it's like a it's like a bunker by the beach kind of or like by the river and you're like what the heck because you thought it was this huge building or something and it's only yeah it's like a it seems like it's a mobile device or something and that whole sequence is like tense it is just yeah. trying to get out of there and and like you're following the the guy around you're just over his shoulder as he holds up a scalpel to somebody well and he's also got the he's got the plunger that's got the oh that's what it was that's what it was and he like sprays it at a few people and they're like falling all over each other because they don't want to get the blood on themselves and get infected and it's really good yeah so all of that stuff i mean the movie's really good like i said the only thing that i i perhaps didn't want as much of as we go back to the daughter and her little um person that she is taking care of uh, the little boy character and oh, yeah they watch over them a, a bit too much for me i do like how they ha- at one point they get a bunch of clothes tied together and then they get a billy club at the end and they throw it up this great so they can try to escape and then they throw it all the way up there but then it's too high for them to reach so they can't like reach it to climb it <laughs> and so they're like well wait a minute it's like they it's like they they would have thrown a rope that's too high for them to actually get to, and so they can't uh, they can't actually start climbing the the would be rope because it's you know several feet in the air. So I thought that that was a nice little well. And then bit. what ends up happening with her being able to jump? Uh, doesn't isn't she able to like jump off the monster's head, mm-hmm. grab onto the uh, like the thing, sweaters or the jackets, the, the sweater, or the jackets, whatever they made out of a rope, and then. She's just like holding it like, ah, she made it for a split second. And then she just lets go of that rope and is mm-hmm. still suspended in midair. But you're maybe chest height, maybe in mm-hmm. terms of what you can see. Right. And then almost the exact same shot, but maybe three or four feet back in order to see that she is being held by the 
sleeping monster, seemingly sleeping monster's tail, and then calmly sat back down. <laughs> right. Like, no, no. It's stop, like a stop part. doing that. <laughs> that's that's when that's when things start to change. Ah, okay. So it is a it is a a, a smart beast. Like mm-hmm. it's not this like because the, uh, the context for what we see is always just this like snarling lumbering thing that chases and runs around as it looks like it's scared you know like a scared animal or whatever so it's easy to feel sorry for it in some ways yeah but the fact that it actually no no come back little chick you're staying here like you know well i'll do it i'll eat you later you sit right there (laughs) right yeah and so then that's when we get um yeah so then we we get what we already mentioned basically is the end of the movie where they uh attempt to rescue her and they they, it's it's like the pieces where they're they're getting all the clues and they're trying to figure out where she is and she keeps trying to take care of this little kid and those are those are the pieces that are is a little more extended for me than i than i wanted it to be but the vast majority of the film really worked for me i love i really like all of the the little political pieces in there the little changes in tone the the music uh is very varied uh in that it's really slapstick based and whimsical at times and then very sort of melodramatic at times and uh, oh, yeah. i just really i just really had a, a a real good time with it yeah i it's one of those that i'm if someone mentions monster movie that's the one i think more than anything mm-hmm. like i can i can point to my, some of my favorites with like the classic universals that i've now versed myself in in the last like year or so um you know like any of the kaiju films are all fun mm-hmm. uh even the original 33 kong is 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 cool i mean there's you know the obvious racist elements from back then and whatnot but if you were to look at like a like a modern monster movie that seemingly does it in a non like eye roll mm-hmm. break the rules but also like this was this is what should be the rules this should be the bar from now on i'm in fact it's been over 20 years now since the host right mm, isn't this not quite oh no 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 it'll be so six so, so we're almost 15 years or so 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 15 years i'm now ready for a for the next whatever evolution and it doesn't have to be bong joon ho but just someone make the next monster movie and in fact i think maybe even bong makes the next monster movie Mm. Uh, with with okja in some ways it's not it's not the same in terms of kaiju like oh no it's godzilla attacking the city you know everybody run type of monster movie but how do you make a modern monster movie in in the in the vein of the host or godzilla where it's there's it's uh it's entertaining but also has something to say mm-hmm. in terms of its politics and and what and what the creature represents right in terms of our earth and our our uh our society right and and it isn't uh a movie like if people are are wondering how like if it's a scary movie like it's not it's not scary like there's parts where you're like oh no but it's not like you know it's not a thing that's going to stick with you in that sort of respect yeah i wouldn't say gory over like like gratuitous gore Mm -hmm. although there are there are bouts of violence in it Mm -hmm. yeah but it's nothing that's going to keep you up at night or anything like that no i mean i once again I don't know what it is. I don't know what this means. I don't know where this irrational fear comes from, but I find sometimes just the imagery of just a monster lumbering toward you. Very frightening. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might, it might stem from the fact that I worked at a zoo uh, and at one point had a creature 
like lumber at me, but I was, it was behind a lot of cages and stuff. Uh, so yeah, could be. that could be, I don't know. I, 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 but I feel like I've had that way before that. So hmm. no, you know what? It kind of did stem from before the zoo or around the time I worked at the zoo. Anyways, that's a whole other discussion, but just, just the, that like, like it doesn't matter whether or not you have, uh, two, ver- two, uh, cages worth of, or two, two fences worth of, of caging behind you. The fact that a, a creature, uh, like a, specifically it was a tiger, mm-hmm. uh, was coming toward me. Doesn't matter if there was cage behind in front of us or not still gonna, still gonna nearly crap myself. Like seeing this thing come toward me yeah, really? and just being, and just being like, wow, that, that thing, I would be a goner if this thing wasn't here. Like, wow. I know that's, it's fantastic, man. Working at the zoo is fun. You never knew what you knew. What, you never knew what you're going to get, man. I don't know. It doesn't sound that fun to me. Uh, it was, it was fun in a sense of like, just every day was there. It really does kind of feel like you worked at Jurassic park sometimes. Oh, that's and then, and then other days it felt like you were like, ah, just kicking it back at the snack shop. Like just, <laughs> just, just uh, having another fun time. It's raining out. No parents are here. No, no uh no kids around it's just me and the animals in the rain like no big deal like it's pretty fun i like it we have a really good zoo here in fort wayne so look at you yeah look at you so yeah so that pretty much wraps us up for uh our discussion of the host unless you had anything else there no i just i love it and and i gave it five stars um i will i will continue to put this in for mm-hmm. years to come this is this is probably one of my favorite uh bong joon ho uh films uh okay. that he's done and it, and it was my first it was absolutely my first uh so i i really really enjoyed uh just starting here and then watching him grow from that yeah really yeah so i started i uh purposefully held back putting these on my on my uh, deal so ben couldn't see them but i would give this a four out of a five to where i did enjoy it it was just that little bit of a uh, little bit of the rhythm that i felt like was lost at, at some point but otherwise sure. i i really did enjoy it quite a bit so all right well let's move on to our second film it's from three years later it is uh, from 2009 and it is called mother
the IMDb plot synopsis for this one goes like this. When a mentally disabled boy is arrested for the murder of a young girl in rural South Korea, the case is quickly closed thanks to an inefficient lawyer and an apathetic police force. It's left to the boy's widowed mother to find the girl's killer and prove her son's innocence. Okay, so tell me about you and mother, Mr. T. I don't remember the context for why I watched it. Um when what year was this 2009 2009 so gosh it probably was like 2010 or 2011 by the time i got to see it Mm -hmm. and it was probably during the time where we all had um discs um from netflix yeah Uh, either either it was netflix discs or it was on netflix Mm -hmm. just because and it was like oh you know what i need to be better i need to be a better human being to myself and enjoy and it's called self-care baby and you got to give yourself uh some time to enjoy some international cinema this is a real thing that i mm-hmm. still still to this day consider an important thing for my fulfillment in my life and and um you know it's it's almost like you got to challenge yourself you have to be good about reading the big boy books and and <laughs> put, put those comic books down like you know once in a while those are good candy sometimes sometimes they're challenging sometimes they're uh uh uh, intelligently stimulating but you have to watch something with subtitles bud like mm-hmm. pick take your pick and stuff like that and i think this was one of those where i just thought oh this came out within the last couple of years let me check this out and um coming off of something like i saw the devil uh-huh <laughs> which 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 uh which probably set me up to feel very like Ugh. like do i want to watch the host uh-huh which i which i hear is very scary and mm-hmm. like should i watch something like mother that has might have something to do with um and like korean horror and and just asian horror in general tends to freak me out more and that was a reason. big time for it. it was the late 2000s was, early 2010s yeah yeah and so for me it was hard to like okay i guess i'm gonna watch this thing called mother and then i put it in or i or i put it on or whatever and it's this it's this much older lady uh walking out into a field <laughs> and she yep. just starts dancing and you just go <laughs> what am i is this one of those hoity-toity art films? Mm-hmm. What am I watching? Mm-hmm. What is it going to... That was me back then, right? Mm-hmm. This time I knew what I was going getting into. I'm like, yes, I'm putting a bib on because I'm going to eat mm-hmm. this thing up like a lobster. It's going to be amazing. No, man, it, I still loved it. It was fantastic all to the end. I love the structure of it. I love mm-hmm. just the way it all plays out. I can see the shades from that one of the great things about doing these uh these marathons is just seeing the evolution from what he was like what bong was like as a as a filmmaker throughout and just watching that evolution just build up mm-hmm. and this was to me host was a leveling up from like from like a genre standpoint from like a statement standpoint this was like this was like uh taking what was already amazing um a concept straight from memories of murder and just altering it just slightly and then Mm -hmm. giving us a new giving us a new perspective Mm -hmm. so fun just just had a great time um just revisiting this one because i think it had been it had been since um probably early 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 2010s, 2010s yeah uh since seeing it so very very looking forward to to 
jumping into this one. That's why this one has been so good. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's really funny that you that you bring up uh, I Saw the Devil because that was um, my my introduction to Korean cinema was Old Boy, and I think that that's why. Oh my god! It, yeah, that, it is yeah. still like my favorite of the uh, of the Korean efforts and my favorite Park Chan Wook movie. And it's always your first, man. Yeah, it is. And that was the thing where I was like, "Whoa, what is this? <laughs> like, like, wait a minute, this doesn't go to formula at all." <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so then I started diving into, well, what about what else is this guy made? And so I watched, you know, the the Vengeance trilogy with Sympathy for Mister Vengeance and uh, Lady Vengeance and all that sort of stuff um, yeah. from Park Chan Wook, and then trying other things like you said like i saw the devil and and later the uh the chaser and and trying uh then this because i was like well let me you know i didn't know who bong joon bong joon ho was but i knew that he was a korean filmmaker and i'd see the trailer while i'm watching old boy or while i'm watching one of those other movies putting in the disc and checking out the trailers for what else there is yeah. And that was that was like my that was my podcast at the time. Like it was putting in a disc, seeing what else is by this studio or what else is happening around this time that I don't know about, and then writing those things down and then checking them out. And either it was through Netflix discs, or uh, I think by this time I was already done checking out any, any sort of local stuff. Um, you know, I think I was beyond renting. Uh, them locally so it must have been the netflix discs or just scanning through like asian cinema in a in a category through a netflix yeah. streaming or whatever and so yeah so i'd seen this before like i had told you it was um it was the movie where as soon as she's in that field and dancing again because i knew that i'd seen this but i was like oh yeah okay so it's the mom that is, and her her son is uh, mentally handicapped and she protects him is kind of what i remembered from it uh like but he, she, he was you didn't you didn't remember that that she was uh protecting him from being accused of murder well i i just knew that he was in trouble with the law but i i didn't necessarily oh, right, remember right. why um okay. and so she she starts dancing in that field and then i pause it and i'm looking at the field and my wife was not at home at the time but i would have been like hey look at this because that field minus the uh, the mountains in the background, like that looks like a field that is very close to our house. <laughs> and I'm, oh, like, wow. look at, I'm like, look at this shit. Like this looks like what this looks like right now out there, because it's a, it's like this little trail that is a, it's like a dog walking uh, area. And it's a, it's like about the size of what you see in this, in, in this opening shot and the, the final shot, I guess, or one of the final shots. Um, but it is a, uh, it is very similar to that with the tall grasses and it's all very sort of dormant looking like that. So anyway, so that was like a, that's awesome. Oh, that's kind of cool. But um, so, yeah, so I remember, I remembered as soon as I saw uh, the character is uh one bin, but it's um, I remember as soon as he shows up and they're, and they're dicking around with the, um, the hit and run and they go to the golf course and i'm like oh right i remember this movie and uh we get the we get some classic bong joon ho moments where they find the bmw and they're gonna go and they're running towards it right because it's the <laughs> yeah it's, it's like that the, what happens. it's the jerk off friend and then it's the mentally handicapped <laughs> kid and the the jerk off friend like steps and kicks like crane kicks the 
<laughs> the side <laughs> mirror and then the mentally handicapped kid tries to do the same thing and he like drop kicks nothing and it just falls to the ground <laughs> and i laughed and laughed it's good oh man that was such a that was such a well done just sort of like he's got a just straight up comedy in him and i just i kind of want him to do it but at the same time that's not always the most interesting genre for me um but i think that bong joon ho could just do a straight up comedy yeah oh my gosh yes yeah in some ways he kind of is mm. like he keep he keeps doing uh stuff i mean it's all it's all very uh you could loop it it's not quite one thing is it yeah it's got i don't even i don't even know what how to describe parasite it's it is it's a hitchcockian thriller wrong man i don't want to reveal too much if you haven't seen it but i just i get to the point where i i just enjoy like that dark humor like like it's every single one of these films has it where mm-hmm. you are you're you're it, it inflates the moment you know he mm-hmm. gets out of prison the 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 sun i'm getting way ahead of us in terms of the the, uh, <laughs> the thing but he's just kicking his bag down the road just throwing it like an idiot like it's just <laughs> come on dude and uh i don't know there's something about that that just feels so good yeah i just love the poeticism in this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um just the way it wraps up just so perfectly it's not quite I don't know. It's oh, just well. It's got. It's a noir. It's a, like a noir. It film. is noir. It is a noir because we we get a very um, so we have a one dimensional character as our lead uh, because she is protecting her son and that is the only thing that she's about, right? Um, and her son gets what she thinks is framed for murder, and there's this girl who will do whatever you want as long as you give her a rice cake, which is the Ben T. Yeah, Joker. Well, yeah. Um, and it's true too. So. <laughs> yeah. In case it, you know any takers out there. <laughs> right. Um, and so, uh, and so he is framed for her murder, and we do see him getting very drunk, passing out at this restaurant, hitting on this young girl, and then following this girl, following this other girl home, and she goes into this abandoned house, and they kind of have a little back and forth to where there's a rock thrown at him. And then he is kind of, you know, a little jostled by that. And then next thing we know, she's dead and he comes home and sleeps that, next to his mom. The way that that is done the first time you see it is so well done too. So good. It's not, it's not quite clear. Uh-huh. It's almost like we also black out. Like, wait, mm-hmm. what? Did we just cut ahead in time? Like, what's happening? What, what, uh, yeah, what's did I miss on? something? What, what, what yeah. happened? Uh huh. Very, it, very good. Yeah, it sorry. happens when he gets his memory back too. And he starts thinking about what he saw. Love it. And I'm like, did I miss that earlier? Is that in there earlier? It like makes me want to go back and watch that moment again to see if that moment is in there. Um, because, you know, jumping ahead, he sees an old man in this house and he's like, oh, it's this old man that did it. Um, and then the mother goes and investigates that and finds the old man. And then we get what his version of the tale is. And it's got a little bit of that Kurosawa vibe where it's like, well, who's telling the truth? Like whose truth is actually real? Because what if this guy's actually bullshitting? I mean, we think he's telling the truth. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's a very, very interesting movie. It is. um, I was telling Ben before we started recording, like this is one of the things that is uh, a real influence on me because unbeknownst, 
at the time, like the first thing that I had written when I was trying to to make a go of writing was a story about a middle-aged woman who was going out of her, like putting everything else aside to protect her family. And she was a middle-aged Korean woman. And she's like, you know, has murderous tendencies. And I was like, holy shit, like this is just like the mother character, but just a, like a few degrees different. And I, I didn't really realize even that reference until rewatching it. And I was like, wow, the, like I, I am pulling like large stretches of my own stuff out of this thing. And I didn't uh, didn't even remember that I did that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and so it made an impact on me back then and thought, wow, that's a great film. And then just kind of like moved on. Didn't even mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I can't believe I didn't uh, I didn't I, I like I wouldn't even think about this film or the filmmaker until um, I heard about. Let's see here. Probably Okja. Mm, okay. I probably wouldn't even because uh, well, we'll get into the, that here in a little while. But like, like it's weird how like oh wow, what a great film, and then just fold it away and just move on with my life, and not like think about like you know it, it's it's like when does that love for Bong Joon Ho for me like really start to bloom? I guess you know mm-hmm. if if not then because you know even having seen two of his films back then and kind of getting a feel for what he must be like not him, but like the, you know, what his other storytelling must be like, um, how cool. Like, I just, I think that that's really good. Yeah. Um, try to think, is there any, like, uh, like the other thing with, um, seeing like patterns throughout and, and, and kind of paying attention to that, um, noticing how, um, just how much, uh, like, uh, um, I, I was trying to think of a different word than marginalized people because that mm-hmm. implies like mm-hmm. race and it implies um, ethnicity and but it's I'm just I'm like sp- a, specifically referring to class and age. Yeah, it's like a second class citizens or something. Yeah, and and just like how much these older women in Korea, not all of them, but like you know a, probably a fair number of them believe in this uh, acupuncture mm-hmm. and believe in like the the like kind of like how my my mom will go to a a uh, a, a um like a therapist mm-hmm. and gets like her chakra uh like realigned okay. and stuff like that and like you know do i fully believe in something like that? or do i believe in any of that stuff at all no not not even a little bit like it probably would not affect me in any way if i sat down maybe i shouldn't uh knock it until i try it or something like that but i will say i probably would it would probably be a harder sell for me if I don't have, if I'm like predetermined to not believe in that, but it, if it absolutely makes my mom feel better, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. so fascinating that we're talking about my mom about this because mm-hmm. she is a type of person who would do something because the process of doing it makes her feel better, not because it's a proven wellness uh, 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 thing. You yeah, know, it's not like, like where, whereas, whereas for me, it would be like there has to be some actual you know results and studies showing that you know you go do this process it will improve yeah you do live longer you are healthier you are uh more mentally satisfied or whatever like there is some sort of benefit and this woman in this film is doing this on the side Mm -hmm. in secret and so Mm -hmm. that even that's kind of a of a great like side bit um how much sleuthing this this woman has to do in order to uh maintain and like the sun is just, just this dumpy like just moron just a straight mm-hmm. up moron 
about everything. And I kept thinking, like, is there any hope for you? Like, he is there any sort of like redeeming quality about him other than he's just very childlike uh-huh. uh, and and very like, but he's not sweet. He's not this sweet kid. It's not that he's shitty either. He's just no. He's trying he's just some to like snot snot nosed like idiot to yeah. his mom. Yeah, he's trying to like show his independence while also not being able to be independent. It's more like a maturity thing uh-huh. than anything else. Uh-huh. Uh, than, yeah, than because really... he's mentally slower, he's just not able to mature in the way that he would normally be able to. Absolutely did not see this the first time. I don't know if I just didn't get it or what, but they bring out the other. Or maybe I just com- completely forgot it. I have a feeling like I would have caught on to it. But they bring out the the so eventually what happens is um after she does some sleuthing and does a really big thing uh <laughs> yeah that that involves a fire um <laughs> right. she no longer has her front they 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 keep repeating the same motif of this door being open uh-huh. um and she looks out while she's cutting these branches mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. some some form of uh it's of like an herb herb or something like that a yeah. dried herb that she's cr- crunching this time her door is closed. She is not welcoming anything in and she's just plain keeping. Well, the investigator's walking in and uh, says that they found a new, or they, they found the real killer. <laughs> yeah. And she, for some reason, she just wants to see him. And mm-hmm. some reason they allow it. Mm-hmm. And so when they bring out the other person, you can tell just by the facial structure and the eyes that this person has like down syndrome or something. Yes. He's also, he's also like would be considered like mentally challenged or, or a slower sort of an individual and immensely more than her son. Uh And so that's not, I mean, that's, that's already sad, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. that's already like heartbreaking Uh because, because that, I mean, that's, Oh my God, like, what are you going to do? And like to, to think of this person on the inside of like a prison system is very, very, very sad. Um, but then Bong and the rest of the right, or whoever else wrote this, decides to have um, our main character uh, ask if this guy has any parents, mm-hmm. uh, or does he? Does she? Does he even have, Do a, have mother a mother who, yeah. who would fight for you? And that, and the thing is, <laughs> in all of this, is that she knows that it's not him. Uh-huh. She knows at this point that it is absolutely her son that did the murdering uh-huh. and yet she still allows this to happen. And it, it is such an incredible scene. It is. It's not even, it's not even like the climax of the film. Like we didn't even, we, I just glossed over it with whatever the climax was when you actually find out who does the murdering. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I've kind of alluded to that. It is her son, but at the same time, like the artful way in which like she uh, has to cover it up, I don't mean to sound rude about my own mother or anything like that, but there are times where I feel like all of us can look at our own mothers and be like, you tell yourself whatever you need in order to like ignore what I'm doing mm-hmm. in order to feel okay about yourself, like about mm-hmm. what, you know, and stuff like that. I, as someone who has like a very devout Catholic mother and of course, you know, sometimes runs the guilt trip over her son Mm -hmm. uh uh, and and says well i'll be praying for you as not as a nice thing to say but sometimes as a backhanded thing to say Mm -hmm. i you can absolutely understand how this film to me 
first of all, I'm a I'm a wonderful son of not even close to that man. But second of all, but second of all, uh, it's very easy to see a, a very believable character trait of this mother going, well, I'm just not going to think about it. I'm just not going to do it. But yet she cannot help herself from going and seeing this person and asking this person. She needs to know, does, does, does he have a mother who will fight for him? And of course, he, he, I, we don't know. I don't think we, do we find out? I don't even think, I don't think he says, I don't think it matters. Yeah. He no. just says, please stop crying. Like, yeah. You know, and then uh, that leads to the also very, very wonderful poetic uh, ending, which uh-huh. I think is even better than the dance. Absolutely. As much as I love the dance, but yeah. I, don't, I, yeah. I didn't before remember we, that. Before we get yeah. to that, let's talk about please, the yeah. old man in the, uh, that witnessed the murder. We have to. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so we have, the pieces that she's trying to put together and she discovers that this, this young girl that is had, that has been killed. Um, she discovers like a relationship, a friend that she had, and she goes and tries to help out this girl because the girl can maybe give her clues as to ways that she can help her son and all this sort of, this sort of sleuthing, like you had mentioned. And what I like about it is it is memories of murder in that the cops are just like, yep, this mentally handicapped guy, he must have done it. Lock him up, right? Because that's what they do in that other one. And then they threaten him with the whole bite into this apple thing. Uh, and they almost, uh, you know, they, to where it's like he almost gets kicked in the face or punched in the face or whatever it is um, with the apple at the beginning of this movie once he's locked up all right yeah and there's all of these sort of intimidation tactics and all these sort of things to where it's very much a consistent comment on how crappy the police are that that bong joon ho likes to do and right and so then that's a very hitchcock thing yeah yeah yeah. and so she keeps you know trying to figure things out and then the son remembers the thing and then she gets this phone that has all of these contacts of the girl that's died of all these different men that she's slept with and pictures of them. And one of them happens to be this old man and she's able to locate the old man because she saw them. She saw him at uh, her son's sort of like big, like (laughs) big, like reveal by the police of parading him around at the crime scene. And like he had a mask on, but they, he lowers the mask because he's waving at this other girl yeah. Uh, and they parade him around with like a dummy that they're sort of trying to determine how he did all these things. So funny. The thing like, oh my keep, God. The head keeps falling off. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> and so she figures out where this old man is and you go in there and you're expecting in a movie to have her accuse him, have him get upset and then have her have to most likely kill him in self-defense is like what your typical film does. And instead, she goes there. She starts asking questions. He tells the story. The story is pretty similar to the point of view that we had already seen, uh, except when the girl that gets killed throws the stone towards our our uh, locked up person. He dodges it. Uh, she uses a term which I don't particularly like, but I'll use for uh, why he's uh, so upset. She calls him a retard. And that has been shown throughout the film as a trigger for him because of his um, being mentally handicapped. And he's shown a few times throughout the the film that that's something that will get him to fight someone. And so because of her insulting him in that way, she, he grabs the rock 
throws it back at her. And this is like a big stone kind of a thing and throws it back at her and does kill her. And so then the mother, after hearing this story, cannot believe it, attacks this guy, kills him, and then burns up his uh, junk collection uh, and building. And is just kind of like, well, that's what I had to do. And then that scene ends where we began the film where she's dancing in the in the field, right? Right. And And so then from that point, you know, is when she finds out about the other person when she's cutting the her the herbs and then has that wonderfully difficult scene where she's like is someone else going to feel the way that i'm feeling is basically what she's asking him and the guy doesn't really respond so then she gets on a bus and gives herself the little acupuncture in the leg with the like meridian point or whatever it's called it's something like that and then she just starts dancing her ass off as as we end the movie (laughs) <laughs> and the thing is they leave him uh, uh, ambiguous is whether or not two things um is whether or not she actually gets rid of that memory using that acupuncture which i don't think any of that matters uh-huh. i think leaving that ambiguous is perfect mm-hmm. um and then the other thing is the next day after he's home or no it doesn't not the next day it's just at some point they're eating mm-hmm. and he is he's home finally after being in jail getting out of jail and he uh goes and visits like as they pick him up Mm -hmm. off the side of the road his friends do he like looks over and sees the the charred remains of this of this building i'm like what happened to the drunk dealer oh you didn't hear about it well they they say he died they didn't find him in the fire or whatever blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. you know and so they just go over and just start picking things out of the fire just like a couple of you know dumb idiots just going through the stuff you know just seeing what they can find uh-huh. and then she goes home and he's sitting there uh just having a conversation for her while he's while he's eating and he brings up all this stuff like why do you think that guy killed her mm-hmm. and it's like and, and she's like oh we don't need to talk about this like she just wants to forget about it <laughs> uh-huh. he goes but why do you think that he like brought her up to the to the top of that structure like and like splayed her out for everyone to see he goes maybe Maybe it was because the, they, the, he wanted the whole town to see her. Like he wanted someone to know that she was hurt and that she needed to go to a hospital maybe or something. And it was almost like an admission mm-hmm. by him. It's almost like it's like his version of what would have been an admission. Yeah, as or, much as or, he could sort of make sense of. of yeah. yeah. Or, or maybe he really just doesn't actually believe that he knows like I, I it's hard for me to it's hard for me to parse it's almost like can you really be that um uh forgetful or can you really mm-hmm. or the other thing is the other thing i kept thinking about throughout the film is um does he have some form of uh of memory forgettingness that she has mm. and and like did has he has she performed this on him before mm. to the point where he uh uh has selective memory uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of that and we know that he doesn't because he can remember all the way back when he was five three or four five years old <laughs> right yeah. when she tried to murder him first and then murder herself mm-hmm. or murder herself commit suicide um uh using uh poison like mm-hmm. it's like, like some bad like second rate poison or whatever yeah the cheap just, shit she did cheap shit but she, she had but times were hard and she uh needed to do something about it and and 
she of course uh didn't it just didn't happen the way that it and they lived and it didn't turn out but the fact that he remembers it and she screams and, and recoils from from the idea of it and stuff like that it was was kind of amazing too so there's a lot of playing with that too mm-hmm. that that the way that that's set up the mystery that that like folds so perfectly to the point where you never, it's going to all lay there ambiguous. You're never, ever, ever going to find out. Um, that's why I love this. Mm-hmm. this film. That, that's like the heart, that mystery of, well, does he remember or did she remove that memory? No. Could he, could he possibly remember something that she didn't get rid of? Maybe the memory of the uh, uh, attempted murder suicide or, you know, something like that, or, something along those lines and it's just it's just so fascinating and lovely and yeah man what a great film yeah it is it really is this is this is the one that's been the favorite from of me uh, for me so far uh is mother um and uh yeah it's like he takes aspects of memories of murder but focuses just slightly on other things uh, but tells a somewhat similar story to where we get you know the repeat of crime scenes and detectives and trying to figure out what happened and this thing that is going to haunt all these people and tons of rain which is like a thing that he likes to do in, in his more serious films um but yeah this is oh, yeah. this was a real a real uh, winner for me and much like memories of murder it ends on a way where you're like well what who did he do it then like i think he did it but can he not remember or what's the rest of his life going to be like, you know, and all that kind of stuff, much, much like, like how in memories of murder, we don't find out who the killer was. Yeah. Much, much like memories of murder. You can find out who the, who the, uh, or not, not unlike memories of murder, you can find mm-hmm. out who the murderer is, but you're not going to walk away from this very satisfied. Right. Yeah. Like it's still going to be, and you know what? I, I, I do walk away from this set satisfied because there's so many unanswered questions and, and just how cool that setup is. I can just really just appreciate how, how that feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't write too many notes down on this one because I was, I was in it and it was a thing where I was like, uh, it was like a nice little remembering the first time I watched this, remembering all the stuff that I watched because of this and really sort of dipping back into um you know this this sort of time that I was in when I was first watching this sort of thing, and and it was a it was just a really nice thing to, because you know it's on my Plex and it's a thing where I go through it when I'm looking for movies and I see Mother on there with that very striking cover and I'm like oh yeah there's that movie I really liked that but I don't like think about what it actually is until you sit back and watch it and you're like Jesus Christ like that's a that's a really dark movie <laughs> that's messed up. But it doesn't feel like oppressive either. Like it doesn't make you feel terrible when you're done with it. So, yeah. All right. Well, anything else about either one of our films before we wrap this one up? Both the films and the talks both flew by. I feel like it's just kind of crazy that I don't know. That's just what happens. Yeah. I just, I had a great time just (laughs) revisiting. That's kind of what this was all about was making sure that, um, that I, I got to, I got to catch every single one of these again. I really wanted to to create a scenario where, you know, I didn't go too long without having visited, revisited mother mm-hmm. post. I'm always going to probably pop in for once in a, once in a while, just because of how enjoyable that is for me. But, um, but well, yeah. let me, let, let's let the cat out of the bag are outside of the, his most recent one. Aren't the next two new to you? Have you not um, seen those? I've seen Okja when oh, it first okay. came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and I'll let you know how I feel about uh, good uh, wink wink. I I like a lot of Bong Joon Ho films. I like a lot of them. I won't <laughs> tell you how many of them I like, but mm-hmm. I like a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Snowpiercer, we'll get into it next time. I'll just let the cat out of the bag here. Is I this will be the first time I will have seen Snowpiercer, and I have generally no idea why I missed it really first time around. Really and, and it's like and it's like the the American release one. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the one that like is shot in English and <laughs> right. and it's like very strange how, why I missed it because it was Captain it's freaking America is the seemingly star. the most uh, <laughs> seemingly the most accessible too mm-hmm. I would think out of all of them I wouldn't have to go to a special section of any of the of the of the films I don't know I don't know I don't know what's going on so yeah that, I guess it's, we'll it's really why. interesting because it's I mean it has a, a lot of people that are recognizable in the cast and it still has people that he works with with you know Sung Kang Ho and and the daughter from the host um they're in it again as father daughter that's awesome um but yeah it's it's got Paul Laser and his uh, lazy eyes back in this <laughs> um but yeah this is next time it's a Chris Evans Tilda Swinton uh John Hurt film uh, John so Hurt nice yeah. Yeah. All right. So wrapping wrapping this one up, Mr. Teed, if you have any comments, suggestions, or movies that you'd like to hear us talk about, you can email us at plainlabelpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the show over at Twitter. Our handle is at plainlabelpod. If you wanted to help out the show, you could check out our show notes where you'll find the link to our Amazon wish list. I do want to thank Mr. Teed once again for coming on. If people wanted to hear more from you or get in touch with you, where could they do that? At Ben Teed, either on Twitter or on Letterboxd. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And you can join Ben and I next week as we discuss the next two films in Bong Joon-ho's filmography. And once again, they are Snowpiercer and Okja.